it's good to worship the Lord with you today. I mean that. I can, I can go into a closet of prayer, and I enjoy that, but it can't be replaced with corporate worship. And so I'm thankful for the privilege of worshiping with you today. There's something that happens when we begin to lift our voice together. I, I was shocked the other day. I, uh, I guess apparently there is now a thing called Meta Church. Some of you may know that. I Don't go check it out. Don't waste your time. Apparently, you can go to virtual church now. You can create your own little icon, and you can go into the Meta Church and show up. And I guess apparently people can even get meta-baptized. So your little icon can get baptized so you don't have to go to church. You can just see it happen there in the Metaverse. Now, it sounds silly, doesn't it? It sounds silly. But it is a move that is happening. It's deception. And here's the deception. The deception is that the body of Christ no longer has to come together. You can have your own version of connection, virtual or otherwise. Now, we obviously, we, we live stream. We make services available on podcasts and YouTube. But please understand, virtual church is not the church. YouTube church is not the church. I'm thankful for technology, you understand. But there's something that happens when you and I come together. And we begin to lift him up together. There's ministry of the spirit that flows in the body of Christ. And this is God's design. This is God's design. And so I'm thankful for the privilege to worship with you today. I don't want to take that for granted. Thank you for making the time to be here. God bless you. You can be seated if you would like to. Um. I'm going to dismiss the teachers to class. You know, we have classes right now for ages 4 to 11. And uh, I'm so very thankful for the continued ministry of Brother and Sister Joey and Stephanie that they give to our children. And I, I w- when I was four years old, um, I'd gone to church all my life, still have. I just thank God for a mom that raised us in church and taught us not to be religious but to love the Word and creating in us a hunger for the things of God. Um, doesn't mean I always live for God. You understand going to church doesn't equate to living for God. Um, but... I was four years old when my, when my dad and mom, I don't know if they decided together. My dad was the enforcer, so I, I don't know if they decided together or dad just decided. But it was four years old when 
I was no longer allowed to color in church during service, or I wasn't allowed to lay on the floor in church during service. Four years old, I, I don't know what the trigger was, but my dad decided at that point I was old enough to listen. And I was old enough to pay attention. I don't know if he thought because some people started going to preschool and could sit through preschool that I could sit through church and learn. Just like I don't know what it was. But I remember. Here's why I remember. I remember it was four. I could get, I would be in church playing. I'd get smacked on the back of the head if I'd start playing. Reach around my mom. People thought he was just loving on my mom. No, he wasn't. He was just getting in the back of my head. I didn't get to bring toys anymore. I, he, he just, now, I'm not telling you an age. As parents, you have to determine where's the point where my children are old enough to be attentive and begin participating. And then you set that, you set that guideline as a parent. You set those expectations. And um, I remember I had friends in church. They got to keep playing. They would, they would sleep in church. I wanted to sleep in church. My dad wouldn't let me sleep. Man, every once in a while he thumped my ear. Oh, man, I hated that. That was enough to keep me from going to sleep. Anyway, I, I think you understand we have to determine. We begin to set. The Bible says to train up a child in the way that they should go. And that when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Train them up. Now, we don't want to train children to be religious. God forbid. God forbid. We want to teach and train our children to know and love the Word of God. We want to teach and train them to have a relationship with God, to understand that God wants a relationship with them, to teach them what it is to live in the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit. That's what I want to teach my children. Um, I don't know why. You've probably noticed the last few services I've talked about children. It's not pre-planned. I just, there's something the Holy Ghost is doing in me. And I'm praying for our kids. I feel like it's a critical time. I haven't forgot to dismiss them. We will in a second. Some of you may have heard me share this before. But um, like any good parent, I pray for my children. I've prayed for them before they were born. I've prayed for them since they were born. I pray for their spouses that they don't have yet. I, I don't mean that like, come on. I, mean, I, just, I, I pray for their spouses that I don't know yet. I, I have since they were born. That God would work in their lives and be shaping them and developing them and molding them until the time that God brings them together. I, 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 you can call me crazy, but God knows who that is, and so I'm praying for him. And... Uh, but there's one thing I have always prayed for my children that I've said, Lord, if you don't do anything else, this is what I'd ask of you regarding my children. Just two things. Just two things. Lord, would you give them ears that are sensitive to your voice? And God, would you give them a heart 
that's willingly obedient to what they hear. God, if you don't do anything else for them, just do that. I'm trying to help some parents, I feel like, this morning. We can get caught up in a lot of things that we desire for our children, and I desire things for my kids. But, Lord, it's those two things, if nothing else. Nothing else. I don't care what trial, tragedy, pain they have to go through. But those two things. Give them an ear that's sensitive to your voice. And give them a heart that's willfully obedient to your voice. Wouldn't be a bad thing for me as a child of God to have. Or you. You know, it's possible to hear the voice of God, but not obey the voice of God. And there are many people who can hear the voice of God. And you'll often hear something like this. I can hear from God just like you can. Yes, I totally agree. The difference is, will I obey the voice like you will? It's not enough to hear the voice of God. It's not enough to hear the voice of God. We have to be willing to obey what he instructs. James said it this way. He said, there's hearers but not doers. You got to be a, don't just be a, he said, James said, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. That was King James for hear the voice and then obey the voice of God. Amen. Praise God. Children, 4 to 11, we will dismiss you to class. Amen. I was, I see Damien here standing up. He's like, oh, don't call my name. I, you know, children say the most beautiful things, don't they? <laughs> they some of the mo- say some of the most embarrassing things, too, but... Um, It was, it was probably about three weeks ago, maybe five weeks ago. You lose track of time. It moves so fast now. But Damien, who I think is 11, came up to me. Is that right? Is he 11? 10. Sorry, I'm adding years to his life. Damien's 10, and uh, he came up to me after service one Sunday, and he was excited, and he was telling me, he said, I felt the presence of God today. Now, I don't know what that does to your heart. But what that did to me, I'm like, oh, God, let him. If you can feel his presence, you can hear his voice. You can hear his voice. And we need to believe and understand and know God wants to talk to and use our children He wants to talk to and use everyone. Samuel was probably six years old when he first heard the voice of God. And he was in his pajamas, so don't come to church that way, please. He was in bed, the only place you should be in your pajamas. 
Don't wear them to Walmart either. <laughs> Sorry, that was probably my flesh and not the spirit. But <laughs> but don't wear them to Walmart either. The uh, Bible talks about modesty. Uh, but our children, Samuel was just probably right about six years old when he heard the voice of God. And God spoke to him and began to use him. God will speak to you at a young age. And so it's just a matter of whether I want to hear from him or not. And so I pray for our children. I believe in God using our children. I believe in God using you. Um. You know, sometimes we say, well, once they get older, they'll, they'll figure it out. My experiences are probably better off when they're younger before they figure it all out. Um, my kids were teenagers once. It's better before they figure it all out. Right? Teenagers, they usually have it all figured out by that point. And so it's, it's no, I'm being lighthearted, but... Let's let God use our children, and let's encourage that and believe in that. Amen? Uh, praise God. Would you grab your Bible and go with me today to the book of Genesis? Thank you for being here today. I pray the Lord will minister to you. I believe that there is something from the Word that would speak to our lives today if we will receive it. The scripture tells us that there were some that the word didn't do much in their life. And the reason the word did not do much in their life is because when they heard it, it didn't mix with faith. For the word of God to work in my life and yours, it must mix with faith. If I allow it to just come into my intellect because I'm trying to gain knowledge... It won't accomplish very much. I'll have knowledge. But it must mix with faith. And when it mixes with faith, it accomplishes something. In my life and in yours, it will produce change. I'll become a doer of the word because I believe it. It's mixed with faith. I don't just rejoice over the word. I now seek to be obedient to the word because it mixed with faith. My life begins to change, and the Word changes my life. My life is transformed by the living Word of God, the rhema of God. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Verse 14, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And so the Word of God living in our life, working in our life, will produce change when it mixes with faith. Otherwise, it's simply words on paper. But if I'll receive the living word of God into my spirit, it will begin to work when it's mixed with faith. We've talked a lot about seed the last few weeks, and I didn't plan on talking about seed today. But it seems like wherever I go in Scripture, the Lord's dealing with me. He keeps bringing this up. So I'm just listening and trusting him to get it in our spirit where he wants to. Genesis chapter 3, verse 11. If you were here Thursday night and we spoke about seed, we talked more about bad seed than we did good. We finished talking about good seed, but we didn't spend much time there. We may spend a little more time there today. I'm, I'm not sure where we're going to go and end up completely, but 
The Lord knows. Genesis 3.11. Adam and Eve have just eaten of the tree. They've been exposed. They hid from God. God come looking for them in the garden in the cool of the day. They weren't there. They hid. The Lord has now found them. Verse 11. And he said, he is the Lord. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you this about yourself? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, and here's this great pattern of humanity. The man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the tree that I did eat. Let me deflect blame. Verse 13. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the servant, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. Let me deflect blame. See, one of the greatest things you and I can do in our walk with God is be honest before God about our shortcomings, our failure, and our sin. Acknowledge it before Him and let Him begin to work in my life. So notice what the Lord did. Oh, it was the woman? Okay, so He turned to the woman. Oh, it was the serpent? He turned to the serpent. You understand... Him continuing to turn to different ones that were named doesn't mean he was absolving the other of their error. He was just saying, I'm going to go all the way to the root of this. And for some of us, we got to let God go all the way to the root of things that we continue to do in our life that are contrary to his word and his will. If we want change and he'll go to the root. And the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this. You are cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. Verse 15, notice verse 15. And I, the Lord, will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed, that's bad seed, by the way, and her seed. It shall bruise your head. What's it? What is it? Seed. The seed of the woman. You with me? It shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, if you studied scripture at all, you understand that this is prophetic of the Lord Jesus Christ coming. He would bruise the head of the serpent. The serpent would bruise his heel. And the seed of the woman, of course, is prophetic of Mary having a child, the seed of a woman. And it would bruise the head of the serpent. And so we see this prophetic utterance even in Genesis chapter 3. The Lord had a plan to defeat sin and destroy the adversary. Aren't you thankful for that today? I have a question for you. What would you... Do if you knew what you were choosing to do was already paid for. How would you live if the way you chose to live you knew was already paid for? Now stay with me. We see this promise of the seed of the woman.
bruising the head of the serpent. And it is that which Israel longs for and looks for and has from the beginning of time because they understand that prophecy. Now, they missed the coming Messiah, so they crucified him. That was the bruising of the heel. But they longed for and looked for this prophetic fulfillment, knowing the Messiah would come, knowing the one true God would come and wrap himself in flesh and dwell among us, and we would behold his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Go with me to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 52. Isaiah 52. Starting there with verse number 10. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations. In other words, this wasn't done in secret. In the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. I love that verse. That is a promise from the word of the Lord. All the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. That ought to make you rejoice. Verse 11 Depart ye, depart ye, go ye out from thence. Touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. This is instruction. Notice, I want you to notice this verse. We're going to move a little slow here at the beginning because we need to get the foundation right here. Isaiah 52 is prophetic of the church. If you read Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 54 are prophetic utterances To the church, you'll see Zion mentioned in them. We didn't read the whole chapter for sake of time. Zion in the Old Testament is always an indicator of the church. And so we see this instruction that the arm of the Lord is going to bring salvation. It's going to be heard by all nations. And then he says, depart, depart. He's talking about departing from the world. Departing from those things that are unclean. Don't touch the unclean thing. You that bear the vessels. Now he's talking to something they can relate to. In the Old Testament was the tabernacle and the Levites that bore the vessels about of the tabernacle. And they were expected to be clean and separated from the world. And don't touch unclean things. And so they could understand this reference from the prophet that, hey, this is a message to priests here. Well, in the New Testament, you and I are made to be kings and priests with him. Hence the reason Paul could admonish us to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. 1 Corinthians. Paul was referencing the prophet Isaiah. Come out, depart, depart. Be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. He was referencing the Old Testament as Paul often did in his writings. Because he understood when we're baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, that we become priests with him. This is his word. All right? 
you that bear the vessels of the Lord. Verse number 12. For you shall not go out with haste, nor by flight. You understand what he's referencing here. Again, I told you we're going to a little foundation. When they left Egypt, Israel went out in haste. Right? He said, eat it with your shoes on your feet, gird it up, have your staff in your hand, eat the Passover lamb, and then I'm going to... They went out with haste, and they, it was flight. They fled from Egypt. He's saying, this time, you won't go out with haste. It won't be by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your re-reward. He's going to go in front of you, and he's going to go behind you. This is a promise to the church. This is a promise to the church. Stay with me. Verse 13. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. Question. Stay back there. Who's this talking about? Yeah, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, sometimes we have to slow down so we understand Scripture. I could have read all this real fast and then started. And, but I want us to see in the Word of God, the seed's going to bruise the head of the serpent. That seed is prophetic of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now we see this promise to the church. And the church is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said his servant, the servant is the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is he called the servant here? Because he served the will of the Father. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we would be made righteousness of God in him. So his servant will deal prudently. He'll be exalted and extolled. He'll be very high. Now watch. Verse 14. As many were astonished at you, his visage, still talking about his servant, Jesus, his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of man. Now it's talking about his suffering and what he went through. Verse 15. So shall he sprinkle many nations. You hear that? Speaking of his blood. The kings shall shut their mouths at him, for that which had not been told them shall they see, and that which they had not heard shall they consider. There's going to come revelation and understanding because of this Christ Jesus. Now, man put the chapters there. You've heard me say this many times. Man put the chapters there so we could find stuff. But the prophet Isaiah continued, verse, or chapter 53, verse 1. Two questions I want us to pause. Who hath believed? Verse 1. Our report. Now that's a question you and I have to ask ourselves. Do I believe what I just read? Do I believe the report of the prophet Isaiah? Do I believe that there's one coming that all nations would see and recognize? Do I believe that he's going to be exalted and extolled above high? Do I believe the report? Who Will I believe this report? You have to answer that question. Does the word mix with faith in your heart? When you hear the word of God, is it just words on a page? Is it just religious routine and tradition? Or is there something that resonates in your spirit and mind that says, this is more than just a good book. There is a great and mighty and powerful God that lives and reigns. And because we could not save ourselves, he was willing to robe himself in flesh and come to where we are to deliver us. From bondage and sin that would destroy us. Who believed the report? And to whom is the arm 
of the Lord revealed. Now that's a reference back to verse 10 where we started. That said the Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations. What he's saying is he didn't hide it from anybody. He stretched out his arm. What does that mean, the arm? The arm of the Lord was salvation. Right? It became the way of reaching to lost people that had no way out. That's why it's called the arm of the Lord. Jesus Christ was the arm of the Lord. He was the salvation of God reaching to mankind. And he said it would be, in verse 10 where we read, it said it was made bare in the eyes of all the nations. But then the question is asked by Isaiah just a little bit further here. To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who is it revealed to? All nations. That's what it said in verse 10. It was going to be made bare to all nations. So why is he asking to whom is it revealed? Because he's being rhetorical the same way he was with the first verse. Who believed the report? To whom is the arm revealed? The ones that believed get the revelation of Jesus Christ. The ones who believe get the revelation of Jesus Christ. There becomes a revealing and an understanding. He was more than just a man. He was more than just a prophet. He was more than just some holy person. He was the living God incarnate. He was God robed in flesh dwelling among us. He was God who became the way, the truth, and the life. He was the one that showed the only way to the Father. He was the living God manifest to us. He became sin for us. He left his throne in glory, condescended to men of low estate, came to my level, came to your level, made himself a servant so that you and I could be free from sin. He who lived died so that I could live. And now he would ask, who believed the report? Because if I believe the report, I'm willing to die so he can live. And this is the request of God. I died so you can live. Would you live? Would you die so I can live? Now, I haven't forgotten the questions I ask you. What would you do if you knew it was already paid for? That was a long foundation, but here we are. Hope you're okay. It was a nine-minute foundation if you're watching your watch. Verse 2. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Here's the thing. The Lord was determined. If they desire me, it's because they believe my report. Not because I'm appealing to their eye. If they desire me... It's because they recognize I am the arm of the Lord revealed, not because I look appealing to their flesh. You understand there are some that will go to church, come to church even, simply because they enjoy what they feel and what they see, but they have no desire to ever be in abiding relationship with God. There is no intent to ever lose their life for His sake that they might find it. There's no intent to ever become a disciple of Jesus Christ. They just enjoy the feeling. They enjoy what they feel. They enjoy the idea of feeling the presence of God. 
But here he's saying, I'm going to show you myself and I'm going to reveal myself. And when you see me, you're not going to look at me and desire me. I'm not going to be appealing to your natural man. But your spirit, if it recognizes the word of God revealed, it recognizes the arm of the Lord extended to you, you're not concerned with how it looks. You simply recognize this is salvation. The Lord Jesus is my way. He's the truth. He's the life. I'm not coming because of what I see or feel. I thank God for that. But I'm coming because I believe the report. I'm responding because I believe the report. I desire relationship with him verse 3 he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows acquainted with grief we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not now watch this is important for us to understand there will be things in our life as a child of God where we experience these things in our own life And the reason that is, isn't because, see, this is the deception. The deception is I must have done something wrong if bad things are happening or things that I don't like are going on in my life. No, no, no. Here's what happens. We go through these circumstances of life and these situations in life that cause us to deal with grief. Why? Because we are relating to him. He's acquainted with grief. And so when I say, okay, I want you to live in me, it's what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said, I want to have the fellowship of his suffering and I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. He's saying, if I want to know Jesus, I want to know him completely. Don't just give me the good parts. Why? Because if I know him in the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his resurrection, then he can work through me to relate to a lost and dying world. And so then, when I'm dealing with a life that is lost and bound up in sin, I'm no longer operating in a place of human compassion, God forbid. But now I understand how and what He feels. And their grief, I become acquainted enough. And now my soul goes to a place of prayer and intercession, not because I feel sorry or I have human compassion, but I'm acquainted with His grief. I come to know Him as He lives in you. He lives in me. And so we become acquainted with these things, and the Spirit of God can operate through our lives the way He wants to. This was Him. Verse 4. Now, I want you to notice something that happened here at verse 3. Well, let's just read. We'll come back. Verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs. Everybody say griefs. Anybody ever had griefs? Raise your hand. 50% of us. Those of you that haven't, don't worry. It's coming. It's part of life. It's part of life. Living for God doesn't mean no grief. It just means I can handle my grief. Not by myself. He can. Surely he hath borne, that means carried about, our griefs. He's carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. What is he saying there? He's talking about the Jews. They looked at him, even though he'd done this, and they said he was smitten of God and afflicted. He got what he was coming because he made himself to be God. They missed the Messiah. 
And so they viewed what was happening to Jesus as him being smitten of God. It was God's plan. Verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 7. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he openeth not. His mouth. He was taken from prison and judgment. Who will declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, with the rich in his death. Because he'd done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When you shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see. Watch, watch, watch. When you shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. I think maybe two or three of you caught that. The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. Now we know that was prophetic of Christ. But we see another revelation here in Isaiah's prophecy. That says when you make his soul an offering for sin. He will see his seed. You know what that tells me? It's an old song we used to sing. When he was on the cross that day, I was on his mind. When he was on the cross that day, you were on his mind. This is what Isaiah declared. When his soul's an offering for sin, you understand, that was Calvary. This is, why, this is the way the verse is quoted. I'm getting ahead of myself here, I can tell already, but I'm, here we are. For the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. What was the joy that was set before him? I'll tell you what the joy was. When his soul was made an offering for sin, he saw his seed. That was the joy set before him. When his soul was made an offering for sin, he saw the seed of Abraham, the promised seed of Abraham. Not the natural seed, the promised seed. His spirit being poured out to the earth. His arm being revealed to all nations. Every salvation being made available to all kings. What was it? It was the fulfillment of the word of God that when the seed bruised the head of the serpent and in that soul being offered, then that seed sees his seed. The promise of the outpouring of the Spirit of God and us becoming the body of Christ in the earth. It was the joy set before him. And he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper 
in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many and made intercession for you and me. Now, it's warm in here. Everything there, Isaiah prophesied several hundred years before Jesus came. We understand that, yes? We agree with that, yes? Remember how he started that chapter? Who hath believed? I'll report. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? When you read Isaiah 53... Isaiah wrote all of it hundreds of years before, but he wrote it all in past tense. He was wounded, past tense. He was bruised, past tense. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, past tense. With his stripes we are healed, already done, past tense. Why would Isaiah write in the past tense hundreds of years before the fulfillment of the prophecy? I'll tell you why. Because that's exactly how the Lord told him to write it. And he is an eternal God. He doesn't know end or beginning. He's from everlasting to everlasting. And his plan was always to redeem you and I. His plan was always to deliver you and I. His plan was always to make a way for you and I. Before he formed you in your mother's womb, he knew you. Before he created you, before you were seed in her womb, he knew you. And it was always his plan to deliver you and I from the bondage of sin that would destroy us. So when he gave utterance to Isaiah to begin to pin the words, he said, Isaiah, don't write it like it's something I'm going to do. I want you to write it as something I've already done because I have already accomplished it in the I am God. I have already accomplished it. And so it is something already paid for. But here's the challenge for you and I. We live in the past. But we don't live in the past of what God's already done. We live in the past of our failure and our mistakes and our shortcomings. We live in the past of where we missed it, where we didn't get it right, where I missed the mark, where I have iniquities, where I transgressed, where I lost my peace. But if I believed the report, I believed the report, then I understand if I'm living in any of that, it's because I don't believe the report. 
he was wounded for our transgressions. Someone hear me, please. You're not meant to be living in your transgressions. He already paid for you to have deliverance from your transgressions. He already paid for it. What would you do if you knew it was already paid for? He didn't intend for you to live in your iniquity and sin. He was already bruised for your iniquity. He's already paid for it. So if you're living in iniquity, it's what Paul's talking about when he said we crucify the Lord afresh. Why? Because he's already accomplished the work, but I continue to live as though he hasn't done the work. Who's believed the report? You and I as children of God are designed and destined to walk in victory. We're meant to walk in the power of His Spirit. We're meant to walk victorious over sin and over the works of the adversary. He's meant to be under our feet. This is already done. I just choose whether I'm going to live in Christ or I'm going to live in the past. I'm going to live in Christ or I'm going to live in my flesh. I'm going to live and abide in Christ or I'm going to live in my own thoughts and my own ways. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord or I'm going to rationalize and reason it out in human understanding. There are things that have already been paid for that we just have to walk in them. I believe the report. I believe the report. I stand here this morning free and separated from sin. Not because I'm better than anybody else, but because he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was on him. And with his stripes, I am healed. I stand here this morning free from sickness and pain and affliction and disease. Not because I'm better than somebody else, but he was already taking stripes for my my healing. I don't know about you, but there is rarely a day I don't thank God for my health and my healing. Why? Because I need to be healed? No, because he already paid for it. And I want him to know I'm walking in health. I'm walking in healing. It's why I don't fear COVID, by the way. You say, well, you mean you can't get COVID? Oh, no, I can't. I've had it a couple, one, two, at least two times I know of, maybe three. Does that trouble me? Not at all. Well, if you're healed, why did you get it? Something he wanted me to go through. Maybe it was just his way of saying, you know what? I'm going to inoculate you so your body is fully prepared to fight off all this. I don't know. But I don't fear it. Do I fear it because I think I'm Superman? Heaven forbid. No. Or do I not fear it because I think? No. I don't fear it because I believe the report. With his stripes. I am healed. I feel faith in this room right now. I feel faith in this room right now. Because he's already done it. There's some of you in here, you're battling diabetes. God can deliver you. With his stripes, we are healed. With his stripes, we are healed. With his stripes, we are healed. He's already paid the price. If you knew it was paid for, what would you walk in?
Now, try to finish. We must learn. This is why it's so important to abide in Christ. John 15, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you'll ask what you will and it'll be done. Now, I felt some of you, when I made that statement about healing, there's some that said, man, I want to believe. I want to believe, but let the word mix with faith. Let the word mix with faith. See, our human nature says, but I don't feel anything. I don't care if you feel anything or not. I I don't mean that unkind, you understand. I'm not concerned with what you feel or don't feel. I thank God he gives us feeling, you understand. But I'm not concerned with that. See this shirt? It's blue. You believe that? It's true whether you feel it or not. I'm not feeling it. I don't care. I, I mean, it doesn't change the fact. It doesn't change it. Now, that's in the natural... See, but the Word of God, this is what Isaiah was reaching for. Whose report have you believed? Are you going to believe the report of the adversary and what he says to you? Are you going to believe the voice of the world and what it says to you? Are you going to lay hold on the lies and the noise that's everywhere around us? Or are you going to lay hold on the eternal, infallible, ever ever present, powerful word of God that cannot fail? You believe what you want, but I'm telling you, I'm going to stand on the word that cannot fail. I've lived just too long to know it's true. I've lived long enough to recognize I'll fail, I'll falter, I'll fall short. But his word cannot fail. And I'm going to embrace this word more than I've ever embraced it. I'm going to stand on it more than I've ever stood on it. And when things come my way that I don't understand, I'm going to go back to the word and I'm going to hold to it. I'm going to believe the report. I'm not going to believe what the doctors say. I'm not going to, you understand, I'm not saying they're lying. Some of you get nervous on me. Because what you're pressing against is your human flesh and your own will. you got to stand on the word of God in faith. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about recognizing the word of God is the only truth. Pray with me right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we will believe your report. We will believe your report. It says I am forgiven. It says I am healed. It says I am restored. It says I am made whole. It says if I'm in you, I'm a new creation. Your your report, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Some of you heard me share this before, but I spent too many years of my life living with a victim mentality because of what I dealt with when I was a child. Not justifying any of that. 
But if I believe the word of the Lord, He delivered me. He healed me. He restored my mind. He restored my spirit. He restored my soul. He restored my body. He made me new. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, new creation. All things are passed away. All things are become new. Either I believe that or I don't. But the key is, if any man be in Christ. And so I reveal by my words and my actions whether I'm in Christ or not. I fall back on my flesh. Fall back on human reason and understanding. I feel the presence and the power of God trying to impart faith into our spirit today and a fresh laying hold of the word of God that says, if it says it, I'm going to believe it. If it says it, I'm going to believe it. God, give me faith and help my unbelief. But if it says it, I'm going to believe it. The word of God is true. Now, Hebrews chapter 2. Talking about what he has already done. And it was ordained from the beginning. As we read in Genesis 3. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 12. Hebrews 2 and 12 saying... I will declare thy name unto my brethren. I like singing about the name this morning. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Verse 13. And again. Sounds like sometimes we got to do it again. And again I will put my trust in him. And again. Behold. See some things we do in this walk with God we just have to do again. And again. And again. Sometimes our faith may get a little trouble, but I'm going to put it in Him again. Sometimes circumstances will try to distract me, but I'm going to refocus on Him again. Again, I'll put my trust in Him. Again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. Verse 14. Watch. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He also Himself, this is speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, He also Himself, Likewise took part of the same. He became a man, flesh and blood. That's what that means. He took part of the same. He was God. He wasn't flesh and blood. But he took part of the same by robing himself in flesh. Why did he do that? We see that after the semicolon. That through death. Everybody say through death. Through death he might Destroy. Everybody say destroy. Not push back. Not hold at bay. Through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. Just in case you're unclear of who that was, the writer of Hebrews made it clear. That is the devil. Did you just catch that? He himself likewise took part of the same. God himself took part of being flesh and blood is literally what that's saying. And the only reason he did it 
was so that he could die. Because you understand, God is eternal. As I said before, everlasting to everlasting. He can't die. And so the only way that he could allow death was if he came and robed himself in flesh and blood and allowed the flesh and blood to die. And he did that for the purpose of destroying the one that had the power of death. The devil. I have a question for you. When was the devil destroyed? Based on that verse. What was the beginning of the devil's destruction based on that verse? It's not rocket science. Don't overthink it. Through what? Death. When he died, it began the destruction of the devil. You understand that? When he died, it began the destruction of the devil. This is why the scripture said that had the princes of this world known, they would have never crucified him. Because when he died, it was but three days and he rose again. And when he arose, he had victory over death, hell, and the grave. When he died, he began the destruction of the devil. If you or someone you know is living in bondage to the adversary, they're living in bondage to someone whose destruction has already started. And if we'll believe the report of the Lord and begin to pray in faith for that soul that's in bondage, if we'll look at our own life where maybe there's bondage or needs of deliverance, we can lay hold on the word of God and say, He already died. He already paid the price. I can walk in victory. I can be delivered from bondage. I don't have to live in fear anymore. I don't have to be afraid of this. I don't have to worry about that. I can bring it to him who's already paid the price. If I'll abide in him, he's already paid for it all. The Lord is trying to get some of us to walk in this place where we live and abide in him in what he's already done. There's this thing. I'm really trying to finish. There's this thing that I see every once in a while now. Some of you probably say, seen this too if you're, if you're a, uh, some type of social media person. I, maybe it's been around a long time. I've just noticed it recently. Someone will make a statement, and then someone will respond to that statement with this. This is how you say that, that, that without saying it. Like, for example, I'll use something silly like sports. This is how you say you know nothing about football without saying it. Like maybe somebody would make a statement, and it's like, okay, you just revealed you don't know what you're talking about. Does that make sense? And so, so there's this line that I keep seeing over and over. You just revealed that you don't know anything by saying what you know. <laughs> That's the essence, right? Why am I using that example right now? Because as children of God, if I'm not careful, I can reveal how little I believe his report by what I do or don't say. How I speak about life and my life. It reveals whether I believe his report or not. You understand in the garden at the very beginning. The serpent. That beguiling subtle serpent. Came to Eve. And said hath not the Lord said. 
and she spoke and revealed she didn't know what he said. We need the word of God in our life. We need it not here. Get it here, but let it get here. And so then my life reveals that I believe the report. I believe the report. Call me crazy. There's some things I just won't speak. You say, are you in denial? Absolutely, I'm not in denial. But I'm not going to speak death. If you're not careful, you can say you got something before you got it. You start speaking stuff into your life. You start speaking things. I'm under this. I'm dealing with that. I'm barren. Again, I'm not talking about walking in denial. You understand me? I'm not talking about acting like everything. I'm not talking about being hypocritical. I'm talking about the power of your words. I'm talking about the power of your words. Saying things like, I just don't know that I'll ever be able to change. I'd never let those words come out of my mouth. Why not say, if God enables me, I'm going to change. By what God has already done, I'm going to change. By the power of God working in my life, I'm not staying in bondage to this thing. By the power of God that's already done, I'm going to break free from this because of what He's done for my life. Speaking life. Does that make sense? Speak the report. Stand with me so you have hope. Church, we got to lay hold on this. We got to lay hold on this. He's already been bruised for iniquity. He's already been chastised for our peace. If you're not walking in peace, you're not abiding in him. We can have peace. In, I shouldn't live in fear. The love of God casts out fear. Now, that doesn't mean something's wrong with me. I deal with these things. It means, I've okay, this is an indicator, Lord. I'm coming to you. And we help each other through these things. You understand me this morning. I'm not chastising us because we're human and we deal with these things. The Lord's just trying to help us realize i got a place for you that I've already paid for. I've got victory for you that I've already paid for. I've got healing for you that I've already... And somebody needs to lay hold on that. I have healing for you that I've already paid for. I've got deliverance for you that I've already paid for. That bondage that seems to be unbreakable. I've already paid for it to destroy it. What would you do if you knew it was already paid for? He's already paid the price. I just have to believe the report begin to walk in it. Let his spirit come and fill my life and then yield in obedience to his spirit for my life. What keeps me from yielding in obedience? I won't believe his report. I believe my circumstances and I believe what I think and what I know more than I believe his report. You ever had this conversation with yourself? Yeah, but if... I know you all have because you're as human as I am. Those type of conversations are usually things that rob us of faith in the word of God. I challenge us to start saying, hold on a minute. 
yeah, but. Instead of saying that, say, yeah, and God. With God. With God. I don't see any way their life can ever change. Ah, but with God. But with God. But with God. I don't know that this will ever become. Ah, but with God. There are people in this room that if you were to tell your testimony years ago, you would have said, my marriage is done, it's over, there's no hope, but with God. My children, I don't know that they'll ever come back, but with God. It's the report you're going to choose to believe and where you put your faith in Him and let Him work. I have to read one more verse. Because you got to see this. 1 John. Chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous. That's pretty plain speak right there, isn't it? Don't call yourself righteous and then do unrighteous works. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Watch verse 8. He that commits sin is of the devil. Ouch. For the devil sins from the beginning. Watch. For this purpose. Everybody say this purpose. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy the works of the devil. Has the Son of God been manifested yet? Yes. The destruction of the works of the devil has already been paid for. I just choose whether I'm going to stay in bondage to those works or I'm going to allow the Spirit of God and the paid plan of God to work and operate in my life so I'm free from those bonds of sin. This is what he's already done. But watch. Verse 9. I like this part. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin. Woo. Some of you didn't know that was in there, did you? Whoever is born of God. Now, don't twist the word. Don't walk out of here and go, man, I've sinned. I must not be born of God. That's not what he means. He means if I'm born of God and now I'm walking after the spirit of God, I won't sin. I'll fall back to my fleshly nature. That's not what's born of God. But as long as I'm walking in what's born of God, I won't sin. I used to think when I was younger, probably my teen, early 20s years, I used to think, you know what, I, you just sin every day because you're human. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sin. That's not true. You can live free from sin. Don't believe the lie of the adversary that says, well, because you're human, you're just going to sin. You can be filled with the Spirit and walk in obedience to the Spirit and live free from sin. It was the same writer, John, that said, but if we sin, we do have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's faithful and just to forgive us all sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if you go with the mindset that says, well, I'm human, so therefore I'm going to sin, you won't live with the mindset of the report that says, I can live free from sin. Now, what? Whoever's born of God does not commit sin. Why? For his seed remaineth in him. 
when he made his soul an offering, he saw his seed. The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. It wasn't a one-time thing at Calvary. As the body of Christ, we are the seed we are Abraham's seed, children of promise. And that's what it's talking about. His seed remains in him. That's the seed he saw when his soul was made an offering. You and I, the body of Christ. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you need healing in your body, I'm asking you to come today. You have some affliction, something in your body. We're not going to ask you to name it or tell us or anything like that. I'm just asking you to come in faith. In faith in the Word of God. Simple faith. Simple faith. Here I am, Lord. I'll believe your Word. I'll believe your Word. That's all you're saying. I'm here and I'll believe your word. I may not know how. I may not understand it. I may not be able to explain it. But I will believe your word more than circumstances of my life. More than the situation in my life. Come on, begin to talk to the Lord. Would you do that right now? If you're here and you're like, I need deliverance in my life. I've got some things that have me bound and I need deliverance. Would you be willing to step forward, step here? We're just simply responding in faith. All you're doing is responding in faith. That's all you're doing today. A simple response of faith to the Word of God. Here I am. Now, you're not begging God right now. You're simply saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to receive your Word. I'm going to believe your Word. Would you begin to express that to Him in your own way? God, according to your report, according to your Word, I'll receive it according to your Word. I'll receive it according to your Word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's begin to pray. Let's talk to him. I believe the Lord is doing a work right now. In Jesus' name. Let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost here this morning. Come on, let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. If you have faith for the word of the Lord, would you pray with these here at the front right now? Would you find a brother with a brother, a sister with a sister? And pray the prayer of faith. Come on, pray the prayer of faith. In the name of Jesus, we're waiting on the Lord. We're waiting on the Lord. We're believing His report. We're believing His report. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you to come around in front of that individual you're praying with. I want you to come around in front of them in a place of authority in the Word of God. Come on, speak in faith today. Sickness, go in Jesus' name. Disease, leave in Jesus' name. Infirmity, leave in Jesus' name. According to the word of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Come on, the healing of the Lord is more than just the physical body. It can be the healing of the mind, the healing of the spirit, the healing of the soul. In the name of Jesus. Come on, some step forward in faith, but there might have been a little bit of fear there about what if we take authority over fear in the name of Jesus. We plead the love of God and the blood of Christ. In Jesus' name, we stand on the In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Come on, talk with him. The Spirit of the Lord is working in life. Would you continue to entertain the presence of the Lord and the Spirit of the Lord? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by his spirit. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. What am I telling you today? What am I giving you today? Jesus. I'm just giving you Jesus. Just giving you Jesus. He's already done it. He's already paid for it. Jesus. It's the reason the Apostle Paul said, I preach nothing but Christ and Him crucified. He was preaching a message of what had already been done. I can't tell you something new. I can't bring you something new. I bring you Jesus. He's already paid for it. He's already done it. He's already completed it. Do you understand? This is why when He was on the cross, His last words were, It is 
is finished. What was finished? Everything prophesied, everything foretold, everything declared that he would do when he died. He said, it is finished. He had fulfilled every prophetic scripture there about him up to that point. There are some things he's already done for your mind. He's already healed. Would you receive healing in your mind this morning? There's some of you here in this room. You constantly war in your mind. Would you let the Spirit of God begin to reach in right now and bring healing to your mind? Would you allow him to bring peace that surpasses understanding? In the name of Jesus. Strongholds are broken, I've been made free, I am forgiven, fear has to leave. Strongholds are broken, I've been made free, I am forgiven, fear has to leave. Your name is healing, your name is power, your name is holy, my strong, strong tower, wonderful name, glorious name. Powerful name of Jesus, Jesus, wonderful name, glorious name, powerful name of Jesus, Jesus, speak the name, the name above all other names, speak the name. The name the winds and waves obey. All of heaven's coming down. Fill the earth with the sound of the name. The name of Jesus. Speak the name. The name of Jesus. Gather all who wander, hostages of shame, miracles unfolding at the mention of the name. All darkness is fleeing, mercy raining down, healing waters flowing. Come on, continue worshiping the Lord is ministering in many lives here right now. Raise it up. Hallelujah. Trust in faith. What the Lord is doing here, He's delivering, He's healing, ministering, restoring. We lift the Lord. Speak the name, the name above all other names. Speak the name, the name the winds and waves obey. All of heaven's coming down. Fill the earth with the sound of the name. 
the name of Jesus. Speak the name, the name of Jesus. Strongholds are broken. I've been made free. And I am forgiven. Fear has to leave. Strongholds are broken. I've been made free. I am forgiven. Fear has to leave. Your name is healing. Your name is power. Your name is holy. My strong, strong tower. Wonderful name. Glorious name. Powerful name of Jesus. Jesus. Wonderful name. Glorious name. Powerful name of Jesus, Jesus, speak the name, the name above all other names. Speak the name, the name the winds and waves obey. All of heaven's coming down, fill the earth with the sound of the name the name of Jesus. Speak the name, the name of Jesus. The atmosphere is changing. Nothing stays the same. And heaven is waiting for the mission of the name. The spirit is moving. It's burning like a flame, healing the broken by the one we proclaim. Raise it up, fill the sky. Oh, Chains will fall, mountains move, we lift him high. Speak the name, the name above all other names. Speak the name, the name the winds and waves obey. All of heaven's coming down, fill the earth with the sound of the name. The name of Jesus. Gather all who wander, hostages of shame, miracles unfolding at the mention of the name. All darkness is fleeing, mercy raining down, healing waters flowing. As our lips make the sound, raise it up, fill the sky, oh, chains will fall, mountains move, we lift him high. 
speak the name, the name above all other names. Speak the name, the name the winds and waves obey. All of heaven's coming down, fill the earth with the sound of the name, the name of Jesus. Speak the name, the name of Jesus. Strongholds are broken. I've been made free. I am forgiven. Fear has to leave. Strongholds are broken. I've been made free. I am forgiven. Fear has to leave. Your name is healing. Your name is power. Your name is holy. My strong, strong tower. Wonderful name. Glorious name. Powerful name of Jesus. Jesus. Wonderful name. Glorious name, powerful name of Jesus, Jesus, speak the name, the name above all other names, speak the name, the name the winds and waves obey. All of heaven's coming down, fill the earth with the sound of the name, the name of Jesus, speak the name, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we are so thankful to you today. You are so worthy and so good to us, Father. You are so worthy and so good to us, Father. To you I give praise today. To you I give thanks today, God. I worship and I exalt you today, Jesus. I thank you for your precious blood today your healing power I pray in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus that was a beautiful word today beautiful ministry today and I thank God for it. I'd like to read a scripture here before we close uh, this morning the Lord was speaking to me there's so many different things going on 
if we're sensitive and we're listening with our spirit, we're talking about awareness, a sensitivity and having this awareness and the seed, the seed that's within us that gives us the ability to be conquerors and walk in victory. This scripture this morning in Galatians 6 verse 14, I'm going to read it in the King James and I'm going to read it in the NLT really quick. It says, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. The NLT says it like this, as for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. What that's saying is I'm not boasting because I've arrived. I've gotten here and I have did this in my own ability because I didn't. I did not do this on my own. And I have this recognition today that it's because of the cross. And my interest in this world is no more. And my interest in this world is no more. I do not want to be a part of this world. I want to be a part of what he's doing, a part of his kingdom, a part of his purpose and his plan, his plan. And I want to receive that into my spirit today. As we walk out these doors today, let's take and receive the word of God and let's walk according to his purpose and his plan. I want to have an awareness to that. Let's pray before we go. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your ministry. We thank you and we receive it into our spirit. We trust you in all things, God. I pray an ordering of steps today. I pray you're leading, directing, and guiding. I pray that we receive your word into our spirit. And your word would mix with faith today as we walk accordingly. In Jesus' name I pray. May your Sunday be blessed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.